after 210 podcasts about pickleball, you might think I've covered every instructional technique possible. But today, Ben Bickneese from the Pickle House in Chicago talks about how he teaches pickleball from the feet up. Let's get to the intro to hear from Ben. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Ben Bicknees. How are you doing today, Ben? Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great that you're here. And I do want to get started a little bit about your background, how you got started playing pickleball and how long ago that was. Okay. Well, started about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half ago, maybe getting close to the two-year mark. I'm currently 48. I've been teaching tennis for at least 20 years now. Tennis is a big part of my competitive background and kind of how I got started with racket sports, although I did play a lot of ping pong growing up, not competitively, but quite a bit. So both of those things, I think, lend themselves towards pickleball. I was first introduced to pickleball actually in middle school. It was part of a gym curriculum we had. I loved it then, and but then it went away and nobody was playing, right? So about a year and a half ago, I ran into an old tennis friend, Seymour Rifkin is a name that a lot of people might know. Some people consider him the godfather of pickleball. He's on his way to being being entered in the Hall of Fame for Pickleball, which I'm really excited about. But we reconnected and he introduced me to Pickleball. Just shared that this is now his love. So he kind of took me under his wing, showed me how to play, gave me a good background for it. And then I actually went through his certification with IPTPA and started teaching soon after that. He's has also been a great friend to me, just introducing me to players, inviting me into groups of people to play. And that's kind of how I got started playing competitively was through him and his friends and maybe side story, but that's that's part of what I love about pickleball. I'm a 40 something year old and I'm some of my best friends now are in their sixties and seventies and we have a great time together, right? Pickleball. I found it to be a place where, where a lot of people come together and bridges a lot of gaps and creates an easy environment to, to build friendships. So done with the side story there, but would love to, I'd love to play more. I'm getting into the competitive part of it now. I just finished uh, the APP in Chicago, uh, where I had a great experience um, playing with some people um, that have been playing for years and um, catching on to it. So it's been a fun ride. Well, I do know Seymour. Actually, I have had him on the Pickleball Fire podcast probably a couple years ago. I had him on fairly early on, but yeah, he's a great guy. and. I know he lives up your way, so that makes a lot of sense. But I'm curious about what's going on in, in Chicago land in terms of pickleball. You had mentioned that 
recently they had the APP Chicago and actually I know Ken Herman also had him on the podcast who runs runs those tournaments. So uh, yeah, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, pickleball starting to catch on here. It's, we're still behind some other places, but, but there's a lot of people getting really excited about pickleball here. And, And what we're finding is it's a very underserviced area for pickleball. There just are not enough courts, especially with the conditions that, that we go through through the entire year. It's been primarily a summer sport. And there just hasn't been very many indoor facilities built around the Chicago area. So that is kind of where I get to enter in here. I've had the privilege of working at College Park Athletic Club for about 15 years. That's located in Lincolnshire, kind of a northwest suburb of Chicago area. And been teaching tennis there for years. But last year, we decided to go for pickleball full-time, blended some lines on some of the tennis courts, and start a program. So this is kind of what's happening in Chicago area all around, right? People are seeing the need for it and finding ways to make it accessible to people, but it's not happening fast enough. So Pickle House is a new facility going up in Algonquin and we're hoping to expand and provide more opportunities for people to play in Chicago area. Well, that, that's awesome. And is it primarily just pickleball courts or what's the facility going to be like and when's it opening? Yeah, so it's pickleball at its on its theme, but it really is an entertainment complex. It will, we, we are due to open our first site in Algonquin in November. We don't have a hard date yet, but it looks like first week of November for our opening we are going to have 12 top-notch indoor pickleball courts along with two state-of-the-art golf simulators an outdoor courtyard and an award-winning chef-driven food and beverage program i'll feature a full-service restaurant and coffee bar um Along with that, we're going to be running comprehensive pickleball programs, um, which will include things like open play, tournaments, skill and drill sessions, private and group lessons for pickleball players of all levels. Well, awesome. Can you build, can you, can they build one in Connecticut next, please? (laughs) (laughs) You never know. They're starting in the Chicago area. They have. I know they. There are first ones open, and they have plans for four more in the next couple of years. So, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them look outside of Chicago after that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I moved to Connecticut about five years ago, and at at the time, I was just looking for something to do during the winter. That's how I found pickleball, and then of course it exploded. But the nice thing about Connecticut is you've got so many snowbirds who go back and forth between Connecticut and Florida that. There's tons of outdoor courts here. I mean, there's probably 40 dedicated courts with outside within like 
15 or 20 minutes of where I live. Now, however, like Chicago, though, we suffer a little bit during the winter because there aren't that many places to play. I mean, there's only so many tennis centers that we can play pickleball in. Let's just put it that way. Right, right. And tennis is doing really well right now and they don't want to give up their courts. So, Yeah, I hear we're going to be in the Hartford area getting a couple new indoor places in the next year or so, I would think. So I am like you, absolutely looking forward to that as an opportunity and and place to play. But let's kind of let's kind of circle back because you had said that you had taught tennis for 20 years been, and been playing pickleball for a year and a half or, or two or actually probably longer. But tell me a little bit about your instructional background. And I, I know people most people who play want to have fun, of course, enjoy the social aspect of the game, but they also want to get better, kind of get to that next level. What are you seeing as kind of the things that might be holding players back from kind of kind of moving up and improving their game? Yeah, so instructional background, um, kind of give you my base of teach. So I, I've actually flip-flopped my idea of how to teach a player when it comes to tennis i would teach from the hands down make sure they had good strokes and good technique with the hands the arms and the core and then get to the footwork with pickleball i would i'm seeing that i need to start at the opposite end start with the footwork first because the paddle's so light the ball's so light you can make you can find ways to hit the ball over without having great technique. And the movement actually makes the biggest difference at first, right? So then we move on to the grips and the technique and all of that after the footwork. So that's been an interesting switch for me coming from tennis into the pickleball. As far as some of the things I've seen with people trying to get to the next level, um, I've, I've seen it be a real struggle for people to pick up uh, and put in new skills while they're playing because they get caught in the winning and the losing. Um, they really have a hard time turning off that competitive fire or pride, however you want to say it, um, and not worrying about winning or losing and really just working on what they need to work on. I would say that that sticks out to me the most. It also is going to take a lot of drilling, which I, I know the pros tend to love, but you know, your intermediate to advanced players don't necessarily want to drill. They like the fun and the action of the game and competing, but drilling really is a very important part of improving. You need the repetition of hitting the same type of good technique or same type of shot over and over for it to show up the way you want it to when you get to a tournament or a, a game that matters to you. Those are all really great points. And I'm going to come back to what you had said in terms of, of footwork, because I think that's a really interesting idea that now with pickleball, you work on f from the feet up. And it, it's funny because right now the U.S. Open is on in tennis. I never played a lot of tennis, but I always love to follow the sport. 
And if you watch Coco Goff play, that's the biggest change that I've seen with her since Wimbledon. And all the announcers say it, Chrissy and Brad Gilbert and everybody says that on her forehand, they didn't really work on the mechanics except for her feet. So I'm curious because I'm pretty fast out there on the court and I think my footwork is relatively good. But how do you practice footwork in pickleball? How, how do you do that? How do you drill that? How do you think about that? Uh, it's, yeah, it's challenging if you're not drilling. <laughs> but I really talk to them about ha- finding a very balanced stance, uh, a stance that allows you to reach down low all the way to the ground and then out you know, to each side as wide as you can without even having to move, right? Like that's the stance that needs to be your base stance. And then movement off of that is much like the recovery movement of tennis, where it's more lateral type of movement, right? And and you really want to focus on not turning your hips as much as you can, right? Staying square to the net is key. And for a lot of people, that feels backwards and that feels awkward. And it's a, a trained and learned way to do things. It, it doesn't come natural to stay what we call open or square to the net with your movement. So there's a lot of different exercises you can do. Even in the gym, they, they have a lot of those where it's like this: the sliding back and forth, the... Uh, I think of like kettlebell lifting. There's a lot of squats involved, a lot of that where you just develop a strength in your stance, right? So there are things you can do in the gym with it, but you know, on the court, it really becomes about making the least amount of steps possible, right? And and really playing with your hands and figuring out that your hands can be a little bit faster than your feet. And the key to all of that, though, is having that centered, balanced base to work off of. That's actually really interesting. I was playing just some drop and play a few weeks ago, and we were just warming up, just kind of doing a fairly normal dink warm up to get ready. And the person on the opposite side of the net, she says, Lynn, I can't believe you hit all these balls and you're just standing there. And then I kind of looked over at the other side of the court and she had like an incredible amount of movement. Even every shot, she moved her feet, even though I was hitting the ball right at her. In that type of situation, how do you get people not to have kind of what we should, what we might call happy feet? Yeah, it's really difficult. (laughs) You want to follow the ball with your feet. You want to move because you want to get your body in good position. But I, again, I just go back to that base, right? And, And explaining that the calmer that your feet are and the calmer that your core are, the quicker your reactions become with your hands. It, it's, you have to be in this weird place of being able to react quickly while being calm as soon as you tense up you slow down and your reactions slow down right so that's the natural reaction to somebody speeding up the ball or getting in a firefight 
the best players look calm and relaxed in the middle of that, right? Uh, and for me, it starts with the feet. If you can be calm, relaxed with your feet, and then it builds up into your core, and then it can go out through your hands, right? So it's a very difficult thing, and it's something that you have to work on. It won't come naturally for most people. It almost seems like you kind of need to achieve that Zen-like state in order to really be the most effective. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, being relaxed is a big deal in all of it. It all you'll also find that as you can get into a comfortable, relaxed, ready position, it will also help you focus better. And we know focus is a huge part of the game. Yeah, and. One of the things for me, I know that it makes it a little bit easier is not only having an athletic background, is the fact that in the in the last 10 years, my knees are just so bad. So the less I have to move, the better. So for me, it was really natural to have kind of that fairly wide athletic stance. But how do you determine how wide your feet should be apart and what the best ready position is for a player. Uh, yeah, that's curious. So uh, I had a friend maybe six months ago send me a video looking at all different professional athletes and their ready stance uh, and how they get into it. it kind of, you could call it a split step, right? Into a ready stance. And it, it was interesting because the, the Baseball players that were fielding ground balls do the same thing that a tennis player does, which is the same thing that really a pickleball player kind of needs to do uh, getting into that stance. And so it was like, it was a and soccer on defense. And it was interesting to see it at all level, at all the different sports at these professional levels, they all accomplish that same thing and getting in a, and what they're trying to do is get into this, balanced somewhat wide stance but a stance that they can explode out of right so they got to be able to move side to account for quick reactions of the ball off the ground right or for pickleball it would be a quick reaction to what the uh, is coming off the opponent's paddle right and you don't know where it's going to go until it's on its way most of the time so you need to be in a stance where you can explode out of where you're at to go reach it. Or if it's coming right at you, potentially to just move a little bit to allow your paddle to contact the ball. So, Yeah. And so for those who have an athletic background, like you said, probably in just about every sport, we have a similar ready position and, and a stance. And thinking about those who might not have that type of background, typically, if I remember my mechanics correctly, it's a little bit a little bit wider than shoulder width apart, but not so wide that you're kind of standing there uncomfortable and not able to move quickly. So I really like what you had to say there in terms of that, that ready position stance it's really something that allows you to kind of explode quickly from that position if you need to move one way or the other. Yeah, that's the key. And to do that, you're going to have a little bend in your knees. 
but you don't want to get so low that it's hard to pop back up, right? So, and for each person, that's going to be a little different depending on where they're at athletically and strength-wise, right? And so it's just finding that position where you feel like you can bounce a little bit, you feel like you can rotate your core with ease and that you could take an explosive step to either side. Right. And I like the idea of kind of bouncing a little bit, hopefully not continuously like the professional pickleball player. I think it's James Ignanovich. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, but he is always bouncing around. Yeah. And if you go to tennis, you see it in the Bryan brothers, right? For years, we're hopping up and down all over the place. Um, For me, that, that uses up energy that I need to conserve, right? But for some players, they're in such great shape. It doesn't steal energy from them. It's just their way of staying ready. So, I mean, I think a little bit of each their own, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's like probably once you get a pa- past about 30 or so, you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you right. will definitely well, wear on your energy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Ben, this has been great. What else should we know about uh, what you're doing or, or the pickle house or anything else that you want to kind of finish up with today? Yeah, I, I would say this. I, I'm super excited for Pickle Pulse to open and not just it being a new business and being a need for Chicago area, but I'm just excited about the opportunity to build a ton of new friends in, in a new community. It's a community I happen to live really close to. So to be able to invite my current friends and family over there and just to build a bigger community together is something I'm really excited about. Uh, I, it's one of the things I love about pickleball the most is the social fun aspect of it. And that goes from, from every level, from not having played before and introducing them to something new and fun um, to people who have been playing for years. I, I just found even at my first tournament that I went to, people were just so friendly. They camp out all day at the tournament. You come off, they're there for you to console you, but they're also there to encourage you to keep going and keep playing. And so it's something I want. It's a culture I want to introduce a lot of people to pickle houses this is really an exciting fun sport there's a reason it's growing at the rate it's growing is because people love being together doing it right and there are so many great connections that you can make in the middle of doing something that's so healthy for you yeah it's been a great experience for me also and Ben, if somebody wants to reach out and get in contact with you, where is the best place to do that? So our website is up and running. It's picklehouse.com. So pickle and then house, H-A-U-S.com. They can go there and see what we have going. And if they, on the web... On the website, there's a, a link for you to be able to sign up to get notices about when our programming starts, when our grand opening is, a uh, chance for them to win prizes, all of that kind of stuff. So 
All right. Well, that sounds great. Ben, thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 